Welcome back to the Living Faith Podcast. Last week was our first episode, and so let me just say again that the point of this podcast is simply to share some thoughts for you to reflect on in the course of your week. You can listen wherever you are and no matter what you're doing. And since these episodes will be 10 to 15 minutes or less, it will be pretty easy for you to listen in when you have a short break or a commute or something like it. And so I hope you'll make it a point to join us each week. My hope is that some people who wouldn't normally join us for a Sunday service might consider listening to a podcast instead. For those of you who do worship with us at Living Faith on Sundays, some of the topics I will discuss here in the podcast are topics I wouldn't normally devote a sermon to. And so we will from time to time go deeper on some of the cultural challenges we face as followers of Jesus, as well as the God-given opportunities that we have in the face of those challenges. And with that in mind, in the next few weeks, I'm going to continue to share with you some further reflections on the justice and race conversation. Uh, But today, I'm going to go somewhere different. I want to take you with me to the mountains of Southern California. On Tuesday of this week, my wife Christy and I were delighted to be able to go hiking by ourselves. (laughs) The story of our marriage during the pandemic has been much like other families. We really love our children, but we haven't really spent more than a few hours together away from our children since March. My parents, Carl and Debbie, who many of you know, were incredibly gracious to give us a chance to take a day to ourselves. And so Christy and I drove our minivan up into the San Bernardino National Forest, and we were heading to a trailhead, which my parents recommended to us. And after turning off the main road, we found ourselves on the rugged road, which they had warned us about, dirt, jagged rocks, large ruts running up and down it. It was the kind of road that reminded me of the roads in Rwanda, which gratefully I did not have to drive on. After parking our car in the small dusty lot, we started up on a trail that led us up the side of San Gorgonio Mountain. And the trail began really steeply, somewhere between a 25 to 30 degree angle. We were surrounded by these large pines and other evergreens, and we kept watch for squirrels and birds and lizards. And maybe a bear if we were lucky, or unlucky, depending on how you feel about bear sightings. Now, both of us were born and raised in the East. And so this was the first time either of us had been hiking anywhere in California. And the wonderful thing about hiking in forests like these, in contrast to many mountain trails in the East, is that as you climb the mountain, the trees are not so thick that you can't see the vistas all around you. It's beautiful. It was calm serene, marvelous. My favorite part of the hike was not the highest point on the trail that we reached or even the panoramic mountain views. No, I was surprised by what I enjoyed the most. About halfway into our hike, we came to a patch of forest, maybe five to 10 acres in size, and all around us were pine trees that had been burned by wildfire. They were either black with char or gray from a lack of bark, and hardly any of the trees in that spot seemed to be living anymore. And it was sad to see how much devastation a fire can bring. Well, you might then ask me why that scorched portion of forest was so pleasing to me. Well, it was because of the explosion of color stretching upward from the blackened ground. Vibrant green, orange, yellow, white, 
all springing up against the backdrop of a blue sky surrounded by mountains. You see, while the trees stood there as reminders of the scorching fire that had come through, there was now more than enough new growth to beautify that once sad scene. How is it that the portion of forest which was so unlucky to be destroyed became the most marvelously blessed by the strokes of God's artistry? Why does God do it that way? God's creation seems to know what to do with these trials. These pine forests can't really be healthy without the cleansing and the transforming power that that fire brings. And the forest seems to get this. The forest seems to understand God's good intentions. And yet, had I hiked through those acres of forest six months or a year ago, what do you think I would have found? I would have found a pitiable place. A place that I would not have wanted to stand very long. A place that would speak to me of suffering and sadness. A a place marred by ugliness and destructive forces in our world. A place that made me feel powerless and vulnerable. Perhaps you know what those places are like. I think that there is a pretty good chance you're finding yourself in a place like that during this season. This pandemic has brought the normalcy of our lives to a halt. The spread of the virus around the world, especially in our nation and so many of the poor nations of the world, it feels as unstoppable as wildfire. The charred bark and the lifeless limbs of our lives can be seen in the loss of employment, the loss of insurance, the loss of homes and businesses, the loss of loved ones, the loss of physical presence of the other, the loss of vacations and celebrations, the loss of events which mark and shape our lives, the the loss of times with friends, the loss of sports and culture, the loss of predictability, the loss of comfort, the loss of our former ways of doing things. We are in a pitiable place, a place that none of us want to stand very long, a place that speaks to us of suffering and sadness, a place marred by ugliness and the destructive forces of our world, a place that makes us feel powerless and vulnerable. And what will come of this? Can anything good come out of this? Well, I can speak for those who love Jesus Christ and are committed to following Him. For us, the sufferings, the sorrows, the difficulties of human existence, they do not end in tragedy any more than a wildfire seals the tragic fate of a pine forest. No, for for us, God even uses our suffering for our good to beautify our souls and our story. To us, Jesus says to the Apostle Peter, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Why does God do it this way? Couldn't he spare us, his children, our suffering? Why doesn't he? Doesn't he love us? (laughs) What do you call it when someone who has the power to do good and yet doesn't do it? You call that evil. Is God evil? No, God is supremely good. It is actually for our good that God allows us to be stripped by fire. God lovingly allows heat to be applied to our lives in order that through the struggle, we might look more like he does. In fact, we could not be spiritually healthy without such trials. What do we do when we find ourselves in trial? When all we want to do is to get to the other side of it. When all we want to do is to not feel the burn of it any longer. When when we're struggling to love God through the temptation to falter. When we can't possibly see how he could bring anything good out of this. We are to rest in the goodness of God. We are to rest in the goodness of God and to wait patiently for the joy set before us. We are to recognize that in trial, God is preparing the forest floor of our hearts for the work of new growth. And I don't know if that's going to take a few months or a few years or a lifetime. I don't know. But what I do know is that God transforms us through trial if we let him. If we press in and say, God, whatever you're doing with me right now, I want in. I want you. Lead me wherever you want to, so long as you go with me. What I can tell you about that kind of soul is that it's a soul ready to burst with color. While we are in them, our our trials are the least desirable places to be. But what's amazing for those who love Jesus is that through His transforming power, when we look back and remember where we've been, the formerly scorched places now covered with brilliant splendor have become the favorite parts of the journey. If you'd like to see the photo of my favorite part of the journey, Take a look at the link in the description. As always, if you have any questions or comments after listening to an episode, I'd be happy to hear from you at peter at livingfaithanglican.org. I look forward to joining with you next week. I'll close with this collect from the Book of Common Prayer 2019. Almighty God, by your word, you laid the foundations of the earth, set the bounds of the sea, and still the winds and the waves. Surround us with your grace and peace and preserve us through our trials. By your Spirit, lift up those who have fallen. Strengthen those who work to rescue or rebuild and fill us with the hope of your new creation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.